Welcome to the Interviews Podcast. Welcome, Interisti, to episode 31 of the Interviews Podcast. As always, I'm one half of your co-hosting duo, Alessandro Rafa, joined here by Gianni Paterno. We have, man, yet another farewell pod. Our second Mercato discussion of the summer uh, is focused around a departure. While not yet official, all signs are pointing towards Andre Onana, an absolute protagonist for us this last season, his first season in the Inter Colors, um, departing Inter for Manchester United for a deal that's likely going to be $50 million, uh, rising up to potentially 55 with bonuses, um, which is what was reported that Inter would would sell at. I think initially the number was, was 60-70, and obviously, as you know, for Italian clubs, um, we do not get the, the benefit of the doubt with those huge fees, unless you're Milan and you get to sell uh, Tonali for huge numbers. All right, so let's go ahead and uh, and dive into it, Johnny. Um, you have been a huge supporter of Onana since the beginning. I think it took it took some people a, a little bit of time to come around to the type of keeper that he was. Very, very, um, what's the right word? Uh, expansive in terms terms of his game, being able to play with his feet and so forth. But you've been a supporter for a while. I, you know, I'm also a huge fan. But I wanted to go ahead and kick this off by. Um, just having you talk a little bit about what he meant to to this team, um, a team that made it to the Champions League final with some huge performances from him along the way. Um, so tell me a little bit about about uh, your thoughts on this deal here. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> it doesn't feel like we're getting enough, in my opinion. Um, when you have a goalkeeper of that quality, and and not just for his ability on the pitch, but really what he he brings off the pitch, the mentality that he possesses, and the way he is able to galvanize his teammates when things may not look good or the odds may be stacked against him. He shows no signs of fear. He shows no signs of insecurity. Um, and that's just something that it, it it just spreads through a locker room. You know, you're able to to just embolden your your teammates and, and make them feel confident and maybe think that, you know what, yeah, the odds may be stacked against us, but we can do this, you know. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know how you replace that. I don't know how you could even look at selling that. You know, and I'm seeing some, some Inter fans on Twitter talking about how, oh, but look at what Suning has bought and how much they've spent. Listen, I appreciate that. But at the same time, look at what we've we've given up. Look at what we've we're doing time and time again. It's and now you know to go to lose a goalkeeper of this quality that you got on a free. So I understand, like you know, just all of it's going to be profit. Fantastic, that's great. Uh, you know, from a business aspect. But when you look at the sporting aspect, you're not gonna. No matter who you bring in, that I feel bad for whoever it is. I mean, I'm gonna support them, and especially with some of the names that we'll talk about. Um, that are rumored to be coming in, but the odds are stacked against them, you know, and you're going to be comparing them to, to Onana, which is something, you know, we did with comparing Dumfries to Hakimi. So it's, 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 you're, you're going up against someone who's arguably one of the best in their position. So to 
to lose him, uh, it, it breaks my heart a little bit. Uh, and, you know, some people may disagree with me, but I think that selling Onana is going to be a bigger impact than, than selling Hakimi. Yeah, there's so there's a couple points that you brought up that really, really resonate with me. The first being sporting versus business aspect of of the deal. When you look at the business aspect, for sure, you know, like you you got a player for free and this is a huge, huge capital gains. But the negative side of that is that if there was if a team from, let's say, um, Spain had signed Onana on a free transfer last year. Let's say it was a team like Atletico Madrid. He would not be moving this summer for anything less than 70, 80 million, right? I think business-wise, we now have have some money that we can invest in the team, but there's no way to argue that we received value in accordance with who Onana is in terms of best in the world at his position, right? From the sporting aspect, we're losing a ton and and I, you know, did a deep dive into both. We'll talk a, a little bit about the replacements that have been brought up, but I did a deep dive into um, any goalkeeper in the world that can compare to, uh, to what Onana brings on the pitch. And that sporting aspect is impossible to replace. You're absolutely 110% right. And we'll dive into what the strategy Inter is taking um, in order to, to sort of replace that from a sporting aspect and what that's going to look like. But it does feel like a loss in both respects, even taking into account the business side where, you know, we make out with the massive capital gains. Um, the initial question that we started with was, was what, is, what does he mean to the team? And there's two things that I really I, I think about. First is just tactically what he was able to bring to the squad in terms of his his distribution. I've never seen an Inter goalkeeper be able to do that with his feet. It's the passing, it's the dribbling, it's being able to break the lines perfectly um, that we've never seen. And it's not something that we're going to be able to, to replicate and bring in. He, he's an excellent shot stopper. And um, yeah, tactically, we're losing uh, a little bit in that respect. Not a little bit, a lot. The second thing was the mentality, right? And there's been interviews where you can watch him. You know, he's being asked, what do you think about going up against Holland? Or, you know, what do you think about going up against this juggernaut of a team? And he always talked about, like, having no fear. He, he's just a man and he doesn't fear another man. And it was that kind of mentality that I think it was easy for Inter fans to fall in love with this player and is why it, it hurts so much uh, to see him heading over to uh, a Manchester United side, which, you know, I feel like if we had Onana, like that's I'd take us over them at any single day. But now with Onana, that that team that that uh, they're putting together for Ten Hag is is a juggernaut. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad they don't have uh, Kim Min Jae because I feel like that would make them even more <clears throat> of a of a scary draw in the Champions League. I mean, obviously we're all going to be in part two, so we don't have to worry about them. But if we got to the knockout rounds, um, which all indications based on what we see of, of where teams are and what pots and stuff. I would feel pretty confident being able to get to the knockout rounds, but they are not a team I would want to play um, if they had that that defensive back line. But with Onana, they're definitely going to be able to, you know, do things that they weren't able to do last season. I really do think that had they had Onana even last year, um, maybe not won the title, but I definitely think they would have given Man City a bit more of a run for their money. I, I don't really love their midfield and their defense for sure. And actually, they really don't have a clinical forward either. So... 
it's not there's not much to really love about them um but I, I do think that you know he's got things going in the right the the right way there so i mean good for ten hag he gets the goalie he wants to really play the style of football that he he prefers um and if they spend a few more you know shekels on some other guys because obviously epl teams don't struggle spending money you know they might be a, a scary team to play next year for sure yeah yeah um he's absolutely uh, a talented one of, he's he's one of the best in the world at his position and and there's no doubt that united are making out um the better party in this deal because they don't have to part with a world record fee uh, and they they're receiving, you know, one of the best in the world at his position in terms of, you know, favorite moments from the short lived stint at Inter. There's two that come to mind, one relatively recently, and the other has got to just be sort of an overall performance in a competition. I think his performance throughout the champions league last year was really unbelievable. Um, He's an absolute if he's not the reason we got to the final, he's he's definitely up there. And of course, it's the triple save um, that he does, you know, against Porto, where he's able to not only stop a few shots, but also just make sure that he's pushing the ball um, into a position that's that's not going to put his his defenders in a, in an awkward uh, in an awkward position there. The other thing is. He had a, a camera crew with him for the first day of Inter preseason, and I don't know if you've seen the video, but they're in the passenger seat while all of the little Interisti are saying, you know, stay here, stay with us. And you can see the emotion on his face. Like, this is a player who not only have the fans fallen in love with him, it's pretty obvious to see that he's fallen in love with with Milan and being at Inter. And um, yeah, I think that that's going to be one of the moments that I remember from him the most is... You can tell that he's he doesn't this is not what his first choice would be, right? Like he's being told by management it's time to leave, um, and he's heartbroken about it. And that's uh it's been a theme that we've seen with players leaving Inter recently, um, that they don't necessarily want to do it, and it's it's unfortunate. Yeah, I mean it really is. When you when you look at at guys like like Hakimi, like Lukaku, the way he's still fighting to come back, you know, and make it permanent and and now with Onana, I mean it really is like a family there. You know, it's it's not to, to these guys, it's not just a club, it's not just I don't know. I it's 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 hard to even put in words to be quite honest. And, and and the way that these guys love the team and the way that they love one another and support one another, and even still after after players have gone and, and come and gone and you know, they still you know, I mean, I know it's just social media, but they still comment on one another's posts and they, and they still are, you know, active with each other and, and even, you know, you'll be seeing them, you know, taking trips, inviting each other to weddings, whatever it may be. This team is more. And obviously the love from the fans. I don't think that there is gonna like I don't think Onana's gonna get the love from the fans in Manchester the way he does at Inter and I think he knows that and I think you know I mean we, we talked about it in a space recently that the, the first mistake or whatever the couple mistakes he makes I mean he's gonna he's gonna be the guy that's gonna be dragged and and and, and they, they're you know they're gonna want his head for anything that he does wrong whereas with us you know yes it, it's not great in the moment but we also don't quickly forget how great someone is and, and what they are able to bring um, you know he had maybe a couple I'd say you know, the, the shot against Empoli where Baldanzi scored that kind of went right through him. And then the the goal that Candreva scored, which is off of Di Marco, but still, you know, that's not a goal you would want to give up or typically see a goalkeeper of his quality give up. But 
he didn't get he didn't get crucified by the by the fans. He didn't get attacked. There was no booze, no racial chants, whatever. I mean, I, I think he understood the appreciation he had, and and you could see from, even on Twitter where everyone's kind of posting, myself included, um, when that he sees the stories, so he knows how the fans feel about him. He he feels the love. Nobody wants him to go. Um, and it's just, uh, it's a shame. It's a shame that he's just another one of the, you know, we would call it in America cap casualties as in, you know, because you don't have the money that you have to let go of a quality player. And, and that's essentially the same type of thing that we're seeing here with Inter, which is, it's sad. Yeah. And to, you know, to that point of the relationship with the fans in Manchester, I also think about the relationship with Ten Hag as well, where, I think he knows if something was to go wrong and he was to make a mistake, if Inzaghi is asked about it in the postgame, Inzaghi's going to have his back 110%. With Ten Hag, he's had a contentious relationship with this manager in the past. Like, you know, Ten Hag has actually banished him from training before. Um, obviously, yeah. he's grown up a lot as a player, but you can't... Those sort of feelings, especially when we're talking about professional athletes, and that's a whole other discussion with the coddling of the current professional athlete, but I think there's sort of a safety in the relationship that he has with Inzaghi that it has to be going through his mind right now. Is that going to be the case with Ten Hag, a manager who has publicly, you know, uh, gone against me in the media in the past? Obviously, if um, Ten Hag is asking Man United to shell out this sort of fee for Onana, he has to have the confidence in him. But it is something that has to be in the back of the player's mind. Like, you know, what if something does happen... Um, I have a history with this guy and it didn't go well the first time. So it'll certainly, uh, it'll certainly be interested, interesting to see. Um, I think it's also important to discuss what Inter's plan is to go from here, because as much as there's negativity around the sale of Onana, I actually buy into what their succession plan is. Um, and that goes into sort of the, the research that I was talking about earlier, it's not only, you know, you can watch game film and so forth, but when you dive into the actual profile of the player and the numbers and so forth, there is no keeper that is like Andre Onana. So in terms of being able to directly replace um, this player, A, you'd have to shell out a fee for someone like an Allison, which is just not realistic he actually had the profile that was that was closest to onana and it still wasn't even that close so what do you do from here i appreciate that you have to go younger which is what the links to trubin are you have to go with the player that you have to develop but you are gunning for a second star you just made it to the champions league final you have won the coppa italia is it really prudent to put the future of this team, like wanting to be competitive in these next few years on the shoulders of a 21 year old, you know, young Ukrainian and, and Anatoly Trubin. And while I do think he can develop into a player, maybe not of Onana stature, but you know, one of the better goalkeepers in Europe, I really, really like that. This is a package deal with Somer, um, Jan Somer from Bayern Munich potentially coming in as well. Because I think it's the only way to move forward. You're not going to get a like for like for Onana. So the way to do it is to bring in a veteran, an established veteran that has had success in Europe. Um, he is a, a terrific shot stopper, Jan Sommer. Obviously, with the feet, it's not comparable. Uh, the numbers, the video, the uh, scouting profile all says the same thing. You're going to get a very, very different keeper. 
but you are getting a steady presence within the post that another year of Samir would not have given you. If this was Trubin with Samir, I would be very, very nervous. The fact that it's, you know, a 32, 33, 34 year old, I forget exactly what Somer is, um, veteran goalkeeper that still has some years left partnered with the young talent that is Trubin. And if you guys haven't, you know, dove into the, the film on Trubin, he's, first of all, he's massive. I mean, 6'4", it has incredible range um, to be able to to get to the ball. And I'm really excited about what his stop shopping, shot stopping ability is. Um, but he's he's used his feet and he can definitely improve there. But for me, if I'm going to take a positive from all this, it's that the approach that management has decided on with partnering a veteran with a young talent, I think is the only way to move forward in this situation. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think both goalkeepers that were being rumored to be interested in are, are both guys that I consider you know immense quality. Uh, I was a big Jan Sommer fan ever since he was at, at FC Basel. And, and I mean, he went to, to Mönchengladbach, um, followed him closely there. I remember when we were taught, when there was talks of Inter replacing Samir Handanovic, and this was like five, six years ago that they were talking about Sommer. And I, I was excited about him then. Um, he's always played well for Switzerland. I used to watch Switzerland a lot because I was a big Shakiri fan. And I, you know, I mean, he was at Inter for six hours, it felt like, but. Yeah, I always thought that he was a quality goalkeeper. He is a good leader. He was, you know, at times captain for Borussia Mönchengladbach. Um, I mean, he wasn't their normal captain, but he was like um, the vice captain. There we go. Um, and then Trubin, I mean, this kid has all the potential in the world. I mean, we saw what he was able to do against Real Madrid. What I mean, winning man of the match at 19 years old, beating them at the Bernabeu, like... That's not an easy task, especially for a teenager to do. I mean, he he performed very well against Inter. I remember him, you know, stonewalling uh, Jekyll a couple times. Like he's you said, some of his best not, games in his career against Inter. Not not as not the best with the ball at his feet, but he's not as bad as people make him out to be. Too, he has the ability to send a long pass um, to find the front man to be able to hit a winger and have him, you know, run into space and and, and be able to to pull off, you know. Fantastic assist, really. That's what they've essentially come down to with him. Um, I, I'm I wouldn't be as worried as as you are if it was, let's say, Trubin and some and Samir. I'm glad it's not going to be that because obviously we had the farewell already, so that's perfect. I didn't want Handanovic to come back. I appreciate everything he did for this club. He was the best player for us during the banter era. I mean, he was. The, I mean, the year we finished eighth, we might have finished 14th or 15th had it not been for him that season, to be quite honest. So I, I, I wish he w- I'm glad he got a league title and he got a Coppa Italia and he got everything. Um, I wish he could have you know, had more success at the club, especially for a, a guy at his his caliber of goalkeeping. In my opinion, when he was at his peak, uh, I would put maybe only Neuer and... It's tough to say Buffon because he, I would say he was more at the tail end at his peak, but I guess you could put yeah. Neuer, Buffon, and I would say Handanovic is the top three goalkeepers in the world at that time. Um, and that's just my personal opinion. You know, I, I feel like he's immensely underrated in European football. I think it also hurts him, you know, recency bias, and I'll say I'm guilty of it too. The last three or four years, he's not been a top quality goalkeeper, and he's had to be, you know, called upon him and play key matches and, and have key performances for us. But hey, if you know what? With Trubin and Sommer, though, 
that is a duo that I think you could easily win the league with, no problem. Yeah. Um, you know, if you decide to go with Sommer for the league and let's say Trubin for the Champions League and the Coppa Italia, I I honestly don't see where why you wouldn't be able to compete on all three fronts, in my on my honest opinion. It'll be interesting to see what we do with the Onana money for the rest. I mean, you know, there's talks of Sommer for six, interest trying to get Bayern to come down on that. Um, since we do have pretty good relations with them, so maybe that'll be able to work out. You can get them for three, four, something, or maybe three plus bonuses, whatever they you know they come out with. Um, and Truman, they're you know supposedly they want twenty million plus twenty percent. I think it's going to come down to maybe like fifteen plus ten percent in, in uh, you know when it when all is said and done to get two goalkeepers for under twenty million of that quality. I think that's that that'd be great business. And then it looks like the rest would go to funding Lukaku. I mean, I think there's still some holes to fill, and we'll talk about that too. But yep. you know, there's other positions that I think that that are, are a little more important than than keeping Lukaku. Although, although I do think he is super important to come back when you look at the rest of the striker market. 100%. Yeah. If if you want to to win the title, I think you need Lukaku. And then if you go in with you know Lula. Lula you got Taram off the bench, and it looks like nobody Korea. wants Korea. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I think that's a solid. I like that more than what we had last season. Although Jekyll was was great, but again, towards the end, we saw his age show. So yeah, it'll be it'll be um, interesting for sure. But I'm I'm excited about these two goalkeepers. I I want both. I don't. I mean, if you only have to pick one, obviously I'm gonna go with the younger one that has resale yep. value. But I want both, and I think it would be a, a massive. You know, I mean, I would say a master stroke, really, um, of business by, you know, Beppe and, and Piero. Yeah. And so two things um, to continue discussion a little bit. One is for the fans that have to sort of allay the fears that fans may have about how raw Trubin is. If you think of Onana at the age of 21, I think Trubin is a better shot stopper. And Onana's feet did not develop into what they are now when he was 21 years old. He was making a lot of mistakes in terms of his positioning, in terms of his passing, um, and in terms of the risk that he was taking with the dribbling at 21 years old that I don't necessarily see with Trubin. So it is a, you know, while it is a young goalkeeper and he's not at the level of Onana, he is more polished at his current age than Onana was at 21. And we can definitely see, you know, the growth in playing in Serie A from Trubin where he can, you know, eventually... Um, be one of the best goalkeepers in Europe. The second thing is, as far as, you know, we, it seems like we're on the same page about going with the veteran youngster combo of Somer and Trubin. The reason why that is the better piece of business than spending money on a, another keeper is that that keeper, arguably, you have to go with a keeper that is young, but in his prime. And that arguably would have been Georgi Mamardashvili out of Valencia. That would have cost us of the fifty million that we're getting from Onana. It would have cost us twenty-five to thirty to bring in Mamar Dashvili, and like you mentioned, that's going to hurt us in terms of filling the other holes that we have in the squad. And we absolutely have holes in the squad that need to get filled. So, like you said, if you can get, and I don't, you know, we never know what these actual agreements look like until they're they're all done and settled, but I do think it's possible to bring in those two keepers under that 20 million euro uh, threshold, even if there's future payments that need to be made. And, you know, the total value of the deals is probably going to increase over 20 for right now, having the additional 30 to spend on the rest of the team. And also, you know, with Lukaku, 
the the key thing with the money that's coming in from Onana is that the majority of it that is going to be spent towards Lukaku needs to take place next summer in future payments and so forth and not this summer, which is what I think, you know, from reports Inter is really pushing for where it's a loan of a, you know, a smaller fee, seven to eight million, and then an obligation to buy um, later next year for around 25, 26, whatever it might be, bringing the total value of the deal over, over 30 mil. So yeah, um, there's definitely, there's definitely sadness when it comes to Anana leaving, but there also has to be some positivity around how this management has chosen to approach the succession plan, um, which I am pretty happy with. All right. Any other words on uh, the departing Cameroonian? Um, you know, like you said, it, it really does feel like Hakimi, where we got to see one of the best in the world at his position for a really short-lived period of time. And there is that that bittersweetness feeling. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it stings. Uh, you never want to see a guy of this quality leave, especially in such an important position like the goalkeeping one. But you know what? Um, I mean, I, I wish him obviously nothing of the be- but the best. You know, and hopefully come December, he'll be having a, an interview with Sky Sports and talking about how he wants to come back and he'll force his way back for, for a, a cheeky loan with, uh, with an option to buy, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We know that players have done that in the past where they force moves <laughs> back to Inter. And, uh, you know, maybe we're playing in a, a UCL semifinal next year and we'll be able to see Onana in the stand supporting the team like we saw with Hakimi and Perisic uh, this year. Wouldn't um, that be something? It would be. It would be. And I can see it happening. So let's talk about uh, preseason has started for Inter. Um, two things that we want to talk with uh, with you guys today about is firstly, let's touch on the press conference that Marotta and Inzaghi had. Marotta had a very quick um, comment. There's not much to dive in there, but Inzaghi stayed for much longer and um, was asked a lot of questions. So the first thing that I thought was really interesting is that Inzaghi is going all in and putting the pressure on himself with regards to the second star. So quick quote, Inter's DNA is the DNA of victory. We are Inter and we have a duty to try to win the second star. I really think that losing in the losing the Scudetto in the fashion that we did in his first year still really, really stings Inzaghi. He's made, you know, he's made he's alluded to it in a lot of press conferences um, that we deserve more. And I think that we weren't able to to bring in the Champions League final, but for his legacy, Inzaghi is going all in on bringing in the second star to Inter. It would be his first Scudetto, which would allow him to get past this cup merchant um, persona that he's taken on. But also, he's sort of heaping the pressure on himself uh, with these comments, is he not? Uh I don't know. I mean, I could see it both ways, really. I think I, I want him to want this trophy. Obviously, with the way it's eluded us the last two years, we've been, well, disappointing in one aspect the first season because we lost it by literally a point or two points. I forgot what it was now. Um, where we lost to, truthfully, an inferior team that just, I mean, they got hot at the right time and they stayed being hot, where I, I kind of feel like we more so choked it away. And then last year um, was disappointing in so many aspects, you know, 12 league losses. That's unacceptable for a club like Inter. You you cannot have twelve league losses. I don't care who you are. You know if the league was stronger, I don't think we finished top four. You know if, if other teams played to what their actual potential was. And 
you know, it was good that I guess instead of having multiple draws, we we won more than we lost or we lost and, and and made that bit a little bit easier. But man, yeah, it's uh, it, it's not to me, it's not that big of a deal. I I appreciate that he actually came out and said that. I think it's imperative that 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 be the standard at Inter that winning the scudetto is the bare minimum. I appreciate a Supercoppa, I appreciate a, a Coppa Italia, but the scudetto is the most important thing. And you can't let clubs and and, and fans like uh, from Naples thinking they're you know they're something more than they actually are. So yeah, it's time to to put the you know the little kid with their three their three little trophies back back to bed and and let the big boys get back out there. Yeah, I'm I'm ready to break this cycle of us winning the secondary trophies and having it feel like you know it's enough. Um, at least in terms of like excuses that we hear from management or the manager, like oh, but we're we're winning titles, we're winning trophies. Um, I don't think there's a Ninter fan in the world that would you know, given the recent history between the two teams, that would ever accept Milan pipping us to that that second star. Um, I I want to get it done more than anything next year. Um, more than a deep Champions League run, more than another Coppa Italia victory. Um, it's time for the Scudetto to come back to Inter because I do think that we've been, apart from last year, um, I do think that we've been the best team in Italy for for several years now. And uh, yeah, I also, for Inzaghi himself, like I, he needs to elevate himself past just being a cup winning manager and he needs to bring home, you know, over a 38 game season. It's a different animal and I think that last year probably taught him a lot of lessons. Um, I think that he approaches the league a little bit differently this year. Um, and I'm I'm with him in the sense that we should be we should be going after that second star. That should be objective number one, and everything else can can fall into place after that. Yeah. All right. Not Sec- that's <laughs> okay. Um, <clears throat> Second comment that he made was with regards to the transfer market and what's still left for the team to fill. So he says, we know we have some uh, some boxes to fill. We will do like we did last year. 20 players plus three goalkeepers plus three of the Primavera players. He said specifically that we're lacking a midfielder. We're lacking uh, a player out on the right. Chalanoglu will play with Aslani at the Regista. And then he says, we have to buy another striker. Given the comments that he made about Lukaku in that press conference, obviously not wanting to talk about a player on another team, but he did say how important Lukaku is. I think that that is clear in a way the top option for who he's talking about with the buying another striker. In terms of the midfielder and the uh, right wing back, what kind of profile are you looking for? Um, are you looking for for that spot? Because technically, if you look at who's on the roster right now, Sensi could act as a sixth midfielder if he's not being asked to play constantly. Um, and then there's Lazaro, who you know did okay um, in certain low spells, loan spells that he's been out on, but he is a part of the team. So, who are you looking for for those uh, specific positions? The midfielder and the uh, the right wing back. Well, since it came out today, you know, what players are not considered to be part of the future? And unfortunately, Sensi and, and Lazaro were, were on that list. <clears throat> it's going to be interesting to see what direction they go in. Uh, in my perfect world, obviously, it'd be Samarcic, which, I mean, it seems that talks have kind of died down on that ever since we got Fratesi. And cool, I guess. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I wanted one over the other, but it isn't. It, I'm not that upset about it. 
Um, and you're just looking for a guy really not to be the depth midfielder. It looks like not someone who's going to be playing, you know, key minutes and or, or having a vital role. So there's no reason to bring in someone like Samarchich if he's going to be just banished to the bench the entire time. Um, I would have thought maybe Agume, but it looks like he's just going to be either loaned out or, or right out sold, which I think you have to just sell him at this point. There's you don't if you don't see him being a, a member of the squad, then then what's the point of keeping him around for? You know. Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what direction they go in. It, it look, if I'm not mistaken, Pereira is signing with uh, Besiktas, so there goes that guy who we supposedly had blocked off. I mean, is he an improvement over Gagliardini? Sure. Did I want him? Absolutely not. You know, I, at this point, honestly, I'd, I'd be fine with just keeping Fabian and letting him be the sixth midfielder. Like, there's no way he could be worse than what we had last season. There's absolutely no way. You know, um. I know people kind of aren't really impressed with his his technical ability, but I, he's a kid. You know that'll that'll come. He was goal, scoring goals. He was able to you know assist on a few, and and he and he has flashes in his game. And I think for a six midfielder, that's not a problem. That's something you can kind of deal with and work through. You know, you know it's going to be Mikitarian and Aslani, the first names off the bench anyway. Now, which unless Inzaki completely loses his mind and doesn't use Aslani like he did last season. But I think those, um, you know, we'll see what, what, what direction they go in. In terms of right wing backs, I mean, you know, we're, we're, we're hearing about this kid home from, from Spezia. Nima does not like him at all. I honestly did not pay attention to him enough to have re- really any anything to add about him. Um, so if he doesn't come, I'm obviously okay with it, you know, uh, I'll, it'll be interesting to see what they decide to do. I, I was... Um, Tony shared uh, this kid from, if I'm not mistaken, it was PSV or something Anderson. like that. Yeah, and uh, what what little I saw of him, I was kind of intrigued with. I don't know what that cost would would be, but I think that's a name that it's interesting. You know, uh, I mean, we we saw how we looked getting another player from PSV. So is that going to yeah. be the you know history repeating itself? That that remains to be seen for sure. But I think that. Y- you could see more potential in Pedersen as you did with Dumfries. You know, you, you yeah, and he's also you younger ha- than Dumfries was when he got transferred. Exactly, over. exactly. So it's we'll see what happens there. I mean, some of the names that I like are names that will never be tied to. You know, I, I'm I'm a big fan of this kid Frimpong from from the Bundesliga. I know he's I like get a lot. Best, of, yeah, he's like the best uh, right wing back in the world, or on the trajectory he's, to become. He's he's not good defensively. He has a lot of holes defensively. Like that's something where you would want Darmian to be the starter and let him ease into it. I know we're not going to do it because I know he's going to command a ridiculous transfer fee. But like I, I liked him for at least two years now. So, and then last year was kind of like really his coming out party. Um, yeah. You know, but somebody in that type of profile who has pace, who has some creativity in his game, who is able to deliver a decent cross. Um, you know, basically everything that Dumfries can't do. That's that's kind of what I'm hoping to find. Um, if there is a young profile out there, you know, I I, w- I don't think Josh Doig plays on the right side. I've only seen him play on the left. Yeah. If if it, he's a guy I do like, and I think he has some some potential, and I would you know I, I could see a player being developed there. I don't think it's a guy that we would target either, just because of his unfamiliarity with the role. But somebody maybe even that who has shown flashes who has potential and can be a right wing back. I think that'd be like a really fun 
um, project to do, especially if you can get him young and, and develop him, and then you can, you know. Listen, if you got 15, 16 million for for Dumfries at this point, I'd be ecstatic. And and then you can, you know, go find something. And I'm sure, you know what? I'm, I'm sure you could even go to to South America and find, you know, uh, a Brazilian kid or an Argentinian kid who could be a nice little developmental project if if you wanted to uh to look into that. Yeah, I um, so I'm in agreement with you in terms of that six midfielder doesn't need to be a profile quite like Samardzic, especially because, like you said, Aslani and, and Mkhitaryan are going to be the ones off the bench getting the minutes. Um, the problem with Fabian is that with these kind of players, like it's similar to Agume a couple of years ago, where once they sort of break out and find some some mainstream um, attention, I guess, they they want them to play in order to increase that, you know, plus valenza, um, that value, right? The potential capital gain. So I don't think that they'll keep Fabian to get Gagliardini minutes. Um, but you do have to sort of think about the two positions, the right wing back and the the six midfielder. You do have to think of them in, in tandem a little bit, right? If you're going to go yeah. with a person to really push in the midfield, Lazar Samardzic, you're probably going to go budget on the right wing back side, which... I'd rather not. I'd rather get someone that can actually push Dumfries. Um, so here's how I'd play it. I think I'd keep Sensi. If you look at Gallardini got like 500 minutes last year, I think Sensi not being asked to, to do too much um, week in and week out, like he's just sort of coming on to uh, you know help us see games out with his ability on the ball. And maybe it's just like the blinders that I have on as an Inter fan from the early days of Conte when he was like, you were watching Sensi and you were like, what the hell is going on? Like, is this kid, is this kid the future of Italy's midfield? Like he, he was absolutely immense. Um, there's a piece of me that despite all the injuries, if you put him in a position where he doesn't have to put as many minutes on his legs, like how, what is that going to look like? And what that allows you to do is make an investment in the right wing back position, which home to me, watching him and and whatever feels more like an athlete than a football player and we already have that in in Dumfries so I'm not really interested he, but, but Dumfries isn't an athlete I think you're being too kind he's not an athlete <laughs> the kid is I mean the kid's like 6'3 playing on the right wing he looks huge um he's got really good pace but he's very reckless in his tackling like really really reckless in his tackling um and I don't I don't love that what I would love to do is bring in Sengo for, you know, around 15 million euros, because I know that not everybody's a big fan of him. I'm a huge fan of him. I think he's really, really good. I think he and he, I think he'll become even better and be able to actually push Dumfries um, for that starting spot. If Sengo, if Sengo was part of the team next year, I'd fully expect him by the end of the year when we're fighting on all our different fronts, I would expect him to be our, our right wing back. I think He's 22 years old. I think it's an, an investment worth making because it'll have resale value. Um, and he's a he's he's good, man. I, I really enjoy his game. Um, so I would go Sensi Sengo for those those two positions. I don't see Fabian getting that spot. Samadzic, I don't think, would get the minutes that uh, would be required. Although, if he does come in, maybe he can relegate Mikatarian to a super veteran role where he's not he's not playing as much. We'll see. Um, 
But that's ultimately how I hope this plays out. But unfortunately for Interisti, this is not going to get resolved for for until the Chelsea deal with Lukaku is over. That this is where all their all their priority is is uh, it's looking at Lukaku. So we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think Sensi is going to be happy with that that role. Personally, I I could see you know I'm sure he's going to want more minutes. I don't know if he would get. He should take what he should what he can get. I don't know if he. You wow, that's that's, dude. That's that's unless he has legitimate aspirations of playing in a World Cup, which maybe he does. You know. (laughs) Are we even going to qualify for a World Cup? I mean, I I mean, all kidding aside, like I I have no idea, but I don't know. Um, I I don't see him. I don't see him sticking around. To be honest. I think that if we can get some kind of money for him, they're going to go ahead and jump at that opportunity. Um, so let me kick you this scenario then. What if the investment was Samarzic, but you had to deal with Lazaro being Dumfries' backup? Dude, I would, I would, I would jump at that a hundred times. I don't even think Lazaro's that bad, to be honest. Like, I feel like we really haven't given him a fair, fair shake at the at the position. I kind of wish we could have. Um, seen more you know because i don't think he would have been like a world beater but i don't think he's as bad as as he's seemed uh you've seen flashes where he's had you know moments where he's been a better crosser in the in the preseason been more direct with his dribbling and he's not afraid to take a man on doesn't mean it's always successful no but it's better than turning and and you know passing back a hundred times so yeah um it feels like lazaro's development while the hope was that sending him on loan, like he'd be able to, um, he'd be able to, you know, develop into what we thought he was. It feels like the Newcastle loan, the Borussia loan, and the the Torino loan. Um, oh, and he actually got 18 appearances at Benfica. I completely forgot about that. Um, it feels like those have developed him into nothing more than like a solid player, right? Not going to make a ton of mistakes, but not going to give you a ton in terms of, uh, you know, being able to change a game. Um, but that's what I think we're going to be left with, right? It's like a downgrade at one position and an investment in the other. Speaking about the midfielder versus the right wing back. Um, I also am surprised that Inzaghi didn't mention another right center back. Either he has complete confidence that Thermian can hold that down for the entirety of the year. Or he thinks Bisek is going to be ready to back up both Bastoni and um, Darmian. Or he thinks he can utilize De Vrij at that right center back position. Because there, there's no Primavera players that are ready to to deputize in the, the defense this year. Like, I don't want to hear Fontana Rosa from anybody. Dear God. <laughs> Please, no. I don't want to, never, I don't want to hear none of that. None of that uh, Sheriff Kasama, nothing like that. Um, it, it's interesting that he didn't he didn't bring that up because, yeah, like Darmian would essentially have to hold it down the entirety of the year, which is uh, and also at this point, like you know, backup Dumfries, it's going to be a lot to ask, and and um, I don't know if that's the game plan that you really want to go into the season with. Yeah, no, that would be uh, I think that would be a mistake going with that that game plan. That's why, like, I was hoping truthfully that. You know, we would sell Sensi, we would sell Lazaro if that's, you know, what they really want to do. Um, 
and sell some of these other Primavera kids and just bring in a legitimate right center back. I mean, you know how I feel about Joseph Sutalo. 18 million. I just don't get it. I don't get it. I'm tired of hearing these Demerol rumors and uh, the guy is absolutely terrible. Like there's no way you should, you should want that guy. He's just a head case who's a careless tackler, makes nothing but mistakes. Uh, It would be, in my opinion, a massive waste of money. Um, I forgot about Demidal for a second there. Actually, I'm kind of of hoping everybody forgets about Demerol, to be honest. But yeah, seeing him left off the the roster does not really give me uh, great hope. But I wonder if that's if that's leading towards a like season. uh, Sorry, summer long saga that ends up with like a mutual termination of the contract and. Beppe gets him for free because it seems like Beppe is a fan. See if that if that's the case, I'm okay with that. But I don't want to pay money. He's not worth what they're talking about paying for him. What is the um, rumors like? Fifteen twenty? No, like twenty twenty five. Fuck that. Like I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't touch him for with that. no <laughs> no, no way. shot. No way. No way. Yeah. If if it doesn't end up in a contract termination and and it's uh, for free. I mean, the hope is still that Darmian is playing that right center back and that Demiral turns into the deputy, but um, that remains to be seen. Yeah, Interisti, a lot of holes to fill, a lot of holes to fill. And if you think about um, this Onana sale, like if it was not to move forward, then you start scratching your head, like where the hell would we have been, you know, funding these different moves from? Um, I think everyone's hope coming into the summer was that there'd be some interest in Dumfries, right? I, you know, there were a lot of rumors <laughs> even in season about this guy going for 30 to 45 million to Spurs. So um, that's fucking crazy that not a single, I haven't seen a single shred of news and he changed agent. He changed whatever. I haven't seen anybody interested in this guy. And that's, that hurt us. You know, if you guys are mad that Onana is gone and you want to throw your hands in the air and start cursing the directors, that's fine, but don't don't leave Denzel out of that. He's he's probably a big reason why Onana's gone. That hurts to hear. <laughs> <laughs> That's not uh, that is not what I want to hear ever. It hurts but. to hear. All right, let's uh, let's wrap it up with uh, a quick. A uh, little game here. Now that preseason has started, today was actually the second day. The boys are, you can go to the Inter YouTube. They're just running around the pitch, it looks like, getting those legs uh, warmed up. The international stars are still not back, so we haven't seen Bastoni Barella. Um, we have not seen Fratesi. We've not seen Turam. So those boys are due back, I believe, the 15th, which would mean tomorrow. Um, so that's exciting. Hopefully we'll get some footage of the new boys in soon. Um, but I do want to ask you uh, some questions here. So with preseason starting, we mentioned a lot of these names already, uh, who we could see staying, who we could see going. Of these, let me see, five players, if you okay. had to pick two to stay on the team for next year, who would they be? The players are Stefano Sensi, Valentin Lazzaro, Lucien Agume. Giovanni Fabian and Sebastiano Esposito. Uh, that's that's the easiest uh, for me. It would be uh, Fabian and Lazzaro. 
Uh, I would sell Agume. I just don't see him fitting this team. He's got a lot of uh, competition ahead of him, even in, in the same position. So there's no reason to to have three, you know, Regista type players. Um, Sebastiano Esposito, I just don't think he has the maturity to be on Inter. Um, I did want the kid to succeed, but I just don't. I don't see him growing up, and I think he thinks he's better than he actually is. But the the mustache is a fucking terrible look too. It's so Awful. bad. It's it so is bad. so. B- it honestly like looks like pedo. he like trimmed, it's not good. Yeah, you know, not only does it look like that, but it, lo- it looks like yeah, he trimmed it off his head and he just you know pasted it on there. Um, and Sensi, uh, although I like him, you know, and I I wanted him to be a massive success. It's it's just almost like it's just time to cut ties. Like mm-hmm. what? You, like his contract runs out after this year, so if you're not going to extend him, sell him. There's no reason. I don't want to lose another guy for free, even if you get four million back, five million back, whatever. Get something in return. So for me, it would be, and, and I'm looking at it as like Fabian is is a six midfielder. I know other people are going to disagree and like, oh, why Fabian and why not Agume? Like, I mean, Fabian was uh, a revelation in Serie B with uh, with Regina. So why would you not want to give him a shot? Yeah, it's a <clears throat> it's an interesting call. I think ultimately I'd have to go. Sensi Lazzaro, just because I, I, I've not, I've not been able to get over what I saw from Sensi early on in his, his Inter career. And that might be fun to watch a little bit. And also because Fabian, he's going to need some minutes because he is raw. The player is definitely, definitely raw um, and needs some seasoning. So yeah, um, we'll see how things shake out. Uh, Another piece of, piece of news despite Marotta saying to draft uh Valentin Carboni <laughs> yeah. to your Fanta culture. I was sh- like, come on, bro. Shipped him out a mere few weeks later on a dry loan to Monza. Just absolute hilariousness. <laughs> Nima talks about how much they lie in the media. Anyone that that bit on that one and uh was getting ready to put Carboni in your lineups, you guys gotta start paying attention because there was no shot. Not a chance. Yeah, no, that was that was so unnecessary. It was just a silly thing to say. I mean, I, I listen. We play Monza the first game, right? It's gonna be Carboni scoring. It's gonna be Gagliardini scoring, and Inter losing two one. That's that's yeah. what's gonna. I just I feel it already. Carboni not only is he gonna score, but he's gonna celebrate too. Like, 90, 93rd minute free kick. 90, yeah, toppins either either free kick or it's gonna be like a ball that bounces around the eighteen and he just yeah taps it in past a, a stumbling Dumfries because you know how you know that's gonna go. Yeah, yeah. So. Oh, you know how that's gonna go. One other piece of news. I keep there's so much Mercato season. It's such a. It's so. It's a lot. Um, Wolfsburg and Gosens apparently have agreed on terms for a contract till 2028. Wolfsburg and Inter have yet to come to an agreement on the player. Inter asking for 18 million uh, up front. Wolfsburg looking to pay about 14 million on an obligation and a dry loan, which is just not helpful. Um, yeah. Does not does not bring you Augusto to replace him. Just I don't see a world where that gets accepted. Um, because it just doesn't work in terms of being see, able to replace him. See the way the way I would do it, and this is me. I would say, okay, fourteen million if you pay cash now, 
Yeah. Dry, uh, you could have a loan with obligation for $20 million. Like you get a discount if you pay up front. That's yeah. how I would do it. Classic sales. It, yeah. That's Classic it. sales. That's it. Like, yeah, we'll see. He's definitely a player that if he goes out, <clears throat> um, we're he's an, he's another one I'll be rooting for no matter where he goes. Um, yeah, I want him to stay personally. I think he is so strong defensively. He's got such a great mentality. He's a good. For, he's good for the locker room. I. He never. He doesn't complain. He doesn't. He doesn't throw a fuss. He doesn't get upset if he doesn't get minutes. Of course, he wants to play. I don't think that's like some people are like. Oh, well, then he doesn't want to fight for his position. No, he. Of course, he does. But he also doesn't want to just be splitting time when you know coming up to the Euros. He wants to play for Germany. That's important to represent your country. I, I would not fault yeah. him at all for that. <laughs> um, I feel like. You know, he scored some crucial goals for us. You could look at the Lazio game, the way he really just put his body on the line to to win that one. That's huge. I don't think a lot of players would put that kind of effort and, and risk injury. I was going to say, I feel like that turned a lot of Inter supporters around on him. The, the fact that we spent the money that we did to bring him in and then he struggled to really impose himself, but to see him literally but do, dislocate but do you think his it's shoulder... Really- do you think it's really him struggling to impose himself? Because unfortunately, yeah, no, I mean, I think it's unfortunate. Like he had Pedisic who was playing the the best season of his career at the same time. You're you're not going to sit him. And DiMarco was playing fantastic too. And you're, you know, you weren't going to sit him either. So it's like, yeah, just, he just had unfortunate circumstances. And I think he was never really going to be able to win the spot back just with the way these other guys were, were playing at the time. So and he's also the like he's the perfect foil for DiMarco where like if you're a team that has to defend against DiMarco's crosses for 65 minutes and then all of a sudden you have to deal with a, a Panzer going down the left, you know, like working himself into the box and being an absolute yeah, nightmare to defend. Like, yeah, that's he is. You know a, what's crazy? If if we had Hakimi or had Gozins when we had Hakimi, um, I feel like Gozins would have scored double-digit goals for us just with Hakimi's crosses coming into him. Like yeah. He would have been able to get on the back end, no problem. So, No doubt. And, and um, yeah, that would have wrecked teams' legs towards the end of games to have to defend against <laughs> Hakimi and Yeah, and bro, it would have been flying. terrible for them. Chalanoglu would have just been pinging balls across the pitch behind the lines. But, all right, that is the second... Interviews pod Mercato update of the summer. Um, expecting to see some movement here shortly on the finalization of the Onana deal. We'll be back with you depending on what happens with Lukaku. I feel like he's he is the next domino to fall. So um, if he's brought on, you know, let's see uh, let's see what the targets look like over the next couple weeks with regards to the midfield and the um, the right wing back position. I'm sure we'll have plenty to say about that. But thanks again for being with us, and uh, we'll see you soon. Any any last words, Johnny? Not last words. Any words for the pod? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. I got one last thing to say. Uh, you fratesi simps are annoying. All right, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> unbelievable unbelievable it's so funny to me i don't know um he's gonna be one of those players that is like heart and soul loves inter constantly (laughs) posting about inter just wait he's gonna be a favorite these guys are making me not want to root for him and i wasn't like people think i'm actually like really mad that he came instead of some i'm indifferent it doesn't matter like i think he's a great player i really do i don't 
think he's as great as everyone thinks he is, but I do think he's a great player. So but here's like the, a the, lesson the, for uh, for Inter Twitter. A lesson for Inter Twitter. It's not that you're praising Fratesi that's going to get him. It's when all of you start changing your profile pictures to Fratesi. That <laughs> is what that, sets him especially off. Especially when we've had better players. And now some of these guys are saying that he's better than Barella or Barella isn't even that good. It's like, okay, I know they're trying to just troll, but it's like there's a difference between trolling and sounding like an idiot. But I do you like know? that. I do. I have to give it up to my co-host. I do like that he's countering the Fratezi profile pictures with the hashtag Trubin Tribe. Trubin Tribe, bro. That's Trubin it. Tribe. <laughs> Is that? And then I got um, I got. I don't even know how I found. Oh, because I looked up a, a gift to respond to Tony when he joined, and I found Cobra, which is like a, an old Sylvester Stallone movie, and he says in that movie, "You're the disease, I'm the cure." And now I'm just using that as the my PFP because that's what they are. They are now a Twitter disease, and I have to be the cure to fight them. So I'll stand. I'll stand on that, and and I will defend Trubin and the Trubin tribe. And listen, if you want to join the Trubin tribe, feel free. I welcome anyone who wants to jump on. Before that train starts going, hop on the Trubin train and join the Trubin <laughs> tribe. And I will try to say that four times fast one day on a space, but. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be a good ride once we get Anatoly in. So. That's it. Inter directors are deciding whether or not to pay $30 million for Lukaku, and Inter Twitter is deciding whether they're Frate Simps or <laughs> Trubin Tribe. It's going to be a hell of a summer. <laughs> and in the words of the great Roberto Scarpini, Forza ragazzi, Forza ragazzi, Forza ragazzi. Forza ragazzi.